Hi friends, I hope this finds you in good health and secure. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your practice. We are going to deal with the science of the mind again today, speaking on uh, the Leon Hurwitz translation of Kumarajiva's Chinese translation of the Lotus Sutra. We got, uh, we, were, we ended last time on Manjushri wishing to restate his message in the midst of the great multitude proclaiming gathas and saying the following. I recall that in a past age, incalculable numberless kalpas ago, there was a Buddha supreme among men whose name was Sun and Moon Glow. He, the world-honored one, expounded the Dharma, saving or liberating incalculable living beings. And innumerable millions of bodhisattvas did he cause to enter the Buddha knowledge. Enter the Buddha knowledge, right? This is, again, the mind. So to enter the Buddha knowledge is not to change one's form, but to alter one's a priori mind. A priori being, instead of being ruled by the monkey mind, the samsaric mind of attachment and craving and clinging, possessions, identity, a paradigm shift to the experiential mind of the engine of life, Moment to moment to moment to moment to moment to moment to moment. Thereby liberating a cycle of birth death as a realm of being in, in the cycle recognizing each moment to be the living. And anything outside that moment is a transmigratory phase, not, or, or in the words of Buddhism, empty, right? And everything within that moment then, because it's always transitioning, momentum, is, it's an ephemeral experience that doesn't get rid of the physical universe. It just changes the way we experience it. That's the whole ballgame, yeah? It'll make more sense as we go on. Before this Buddha left his household, the eight princely sons whom he had begotten, seeing the great saint leave his household, also followed him in cultivation of Brahma, Brahman conduct. Now what's Brahman conduct? Brahman is simply an, uh, an adjective to the conduct that indicates of the highest uh, of the highest moral value, the highest societal value, the, the highest behavioral value, right? Just a very uh, respect-worthy conduct. At that time, this Buddha preached of the great vehicle, a scripture named Incalculable Doctrine. We haven't heard it called that before, incalculable doctrine. That's immeasurable means, right? Hmm? This is the one 
the part of the Threefold Lotus Sutra that isn't translated it, Leon Hurwitz here. He may have translated it separately, but it's not collected as part of his translation of the Lotus Sutra. In the midst of great multitudes, and for the sakes making broad distinctions for their sakes, having preached this scripture, the Buddha straightway atop the Dharma throne, crossing his legs, sat in Samadhi, named the place of the incalculable doctrine, undoubtedly at uh, Vulture Mountain, yeah? The gods rained down mandarava flowers, divine drums resounded of their own accord, and the gods, dragons, ghosts, and spirits made offerings to the supreme among men. So these gods, dragons, ghosts, and spirits, uh, don't let your imagination go running around here trying to imagine a Disney movie here where all these apparitions appear dancing around uh, this Buddha or this man. Rather, understand again that these are realms of influence that we all experience in our minds, our influences that really, by all rights, if you think about it, this colorful language really describes well our detached sense of the world and ourselves in this physical place. Our, our imagination, our, our, our constantly working mind, brain, making associations, abstracting things, the word abstract itself hints at these just shooting thoughts that try to capture the essence of things, to identify them in our process of selfing, identifying self and everything around us, right? We have very what we would call unreasonable thoughts because that's how we kind of circle around uh, an essential answer, the way we remember things, very individual, right? These are, God, in, in this, right, gods, dragons, ghosts, and spirits are identifying those very, you could call them forces, although that, that would make them individually, again, that's the problem, is that we want to make these things extant real things, but they're not. They're influences. They're, they're patterns of mentation, right? All the Buddha lands straight away reverberated gently, right? You ever figure something out and you get a little shiver? Your worlds are re reverberating. The Buddha emitted from between his brows a ray. So he's going to share insight, right? Illumination. Displaying various rare things, this ray illuminated to the east 18,000 Buddha lands, showing all, for all the living beings the places of birth, death, and retribution for deeds. Retribution. Don't like that word. Um, more comfortable with uh, the repercussions of the influences of our, the engine of life, karma. Hmm? And how is that, that those repercussions felt and influencing our karmic momentum? Through deeds, actions, right? That is the definition of karma itself. Look up the engine of life in the 
Buddhism reference, volume, the first volume, man. There could be seen Buddha lands adorned with many jewels, the color of Vaidurya, the cat's eye gem, and Parijata, the coral tree. These were illuminated by the Buddha's ray. By his insights, people could see things they had never seen before. We did talk to somebody who travels. They'll illuminate you, right? That's why we go to school, to be illuminated. Also visible were gods, men, dragons, spirits, yaksas, and a multitude, and Gandharvas, uh, Gandharvas, sorry, I don't say that wrong, and Kinaras, each making offerings to that Buddha. There could also be seen thus come ones of themselves achieving the Buddha path. Did you catch the, the meaning? By the way, I, I have a brief uh, description of that in the first volume of Buddhism Reference. I keep talking about it, but it really is a handy thing to have around. Um, but in this second volume, I go into it a little deeper. The thus come ones, the three bodies of Buddha that we experience when we are enlightening ourselves, awakening our Buddha mind, right? Um, also known as the collapse of the wave function, the past, present, and future in each moment. Right, that's what that is. Quantum tries to discuss it, but it uses the language of uh, waves. Right, the collapse of the wave function is nothing more than a resolution for what is, rather than what might have been and might soon might soon be. Those aren't real. What's real is in this moment. So you could call that a collapse. I would call it a uh, a focus, a um. Yeah, a sloughing off of vapor to experience reality in the moment, moment to moment to moment to moment. Life is here now, 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 now. You know, the past is residual. It's like the if you're in a in a uh, a boat sailing through the water. Uh, Behind you is the disturbances of the path of the boat, but that's not the boat. You can't sit in those waves. Yes, 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 I know. You could be in an inner tube or whatever, but that's not the boat. Nor is what's ahead of you. That's just water. The boat is where you are every moment the boat is moving or standing still. Hopefully we don't stand still because that's regressive. Hmm? Anyway. Of themselves achieving the Buddha path. Well, the thus come ones are themselves achieving the Buddha path. Why? Because we are in the moment and therefore achieving the path rather than stuck in identifying ourselves from the past and the future. We are present. Is that not Buddha-ness? Fully present. Their bodies colored like a gold mountain, erect, majestic, and very fine, as with pure Vaidurya. There is visible an image of true gold, so the great multitude, the world-honored one, set forth, sets forth the doctrine of the profound dar uh, Dharma. One by one in the Buddha lands, multitudes of voice-hearers, shravakas, learners, hearers of the Dharma, teaching, 
without number, by virtue of the light of the Buddha's ray, all make manifestation, uh, all make manifest their assemblies. Now there are bhikshus who, on mountains and forests and in forests, exert themselves to keep a pure moral conduct, as if preserving a bright pearl. Again, there can be seen bodhisattvas who practice gift-giving, forbearance, and the like, the, the paramitas, yes? Their number, like, like to Ganges' sands, these are illuminated by the Buddha's ray. Again, there can be seen bodhisattvas who have deeply entered into various dhyana concentrations, their bodies and minds quiet and unmoving, thereby to seek the unexcelled path. There are also bodhisattvas who know the mark of quiescence of the dharmas. That's very important, quiescence. You hear me use that word all the time, quiescence of the dharma. In other words, once experienced, it becomes obvious that the creation of the dharma is a device to understand the dharma, to talk about the dharma, but the experience is uncreated. It is happening moment to moment to moment to moment. It's that paradigm shift. And, it, it, and the, the texts of Buddhism, Shakyamuni's texts, work so diligently to present the same information from every possible angle, innumerable meanings, right? Incalculable skills, the incalculable doctrine. Trying to present this information in so many ways as to capture enough of a multitude of minds that between ourselves, Sangha, we can introduce tiny variations to satiate even more minds, right? I, su I suspect Shakyamuni was very aware of his limited lifetime. Hmm? 80 years wasn't so limited, but in our terms today, but in terms of understanding every sentient mind, yeah. <laughs> there are also seen... Uh, in each of these lands, preaching the Dharma and seeking the Buddha path, at that time the fourfold assembly, right, monks, nuns, laymen, laywomen, seeing the Buddha sun, moon, glow, demonstrate his great supernatural power, were all glad at heart, everyone asking his neighbor, for what reason should this be? Why is he showing us this? This is wondrous. This is something I've never seen before. Why is he doing it? The noble one, revered by gods and men, at this very time arose from samadhi and praised the bodhisattva fine luster. You are the eyes of the world. He to whom all truth is resolved. The one who can reverently hold the treasure house of the Dharma. The Dharma as I have preached it only you can know by direct witness. Only you can know by direct witness. Witness, right? Only by your experience can you see what the Dharma is. Can you experience, can you know what I'm talking about? Just talking about this and understanding the words I'm talking about 
isn't going to lead you ultimately to your enlightenment. You have to do it. You, only you can know by direct witness. Hmm? I can't hand Buddha to you. <laughs> it's something you have to awaken from your very apparatus of sentient mind. Hmm? The world-honored one, having praised him and having inspired joy in fine luster, preached this scripture of the Dharma flower. Full sixty minor kalpas not rising from that seat, indicating how dense this teaching is. Right? It's not like learning do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. More like learning the entire structure and theories of what is music and sound. Mm. But until you hear music, all of that knowledge won't accomplish it. You must seek to make the music. Mm. The superior fine dharma that he preached, this dharma master, fine luster, was able to receive and keep whole. The Buddha, having preached this dharma flower, and having caused the multitude to rejoice, then directly on that very day announced to the multitude of gods and men the doctrine of the reality marks of the dharma I have preached to you. Now I, at midnight, will enter into nirvana, extinction, yes? With single-minded exertion, <laughs> you must separate yourself from self-indulgence, for the Buddhas are very hard to encounter, happening upon men once in a million kalpas. That's a very dense quote right there. The doctrine of the reality marks the doctrine of the reality marks of the Dharma I have already preached to you. Now at midnight will I will enter into extinction, and with single minded exertion you must separate yourself from self indulgence. Not annihilate, not get rid of, but separate yourself, liberate yourself from Self-indulgence. What's self-indulgence? Eating too much ice cream? Okay. But self-indulgence in this context is the indulgence of a self. The skandhas. The devices that we use, the consciousnesses that we use in order to identify specify, discriminate, cling to, crave more, more, more of what I have, have, have instead of being, right? I just, I put up a document recently on threefoldlows.com. Um, gosh, what is it called? Mm. 
Is it this one? No. Is it this one? The timelines. That one. Remember this? There's a moment, and what came before the moment is the past, and that is clinging. And what comes before, uh, after the moment doesn't exist, but it is where our craving is. But what's happening to life in the moment? Why aren't we in the moment? Because when we enlighten our minds, that line goes away and the trajectory of our momentum isn't held to past, present, and future. The full understanding of past, present, and future is that it is right now in each and every moment, not some other mystical place, right? Samsara versus Buddha. That's from the uh, website. So you can see uh, that there's that diagram is available online easily. But this is what he's talking about right here, right? And it's difficult to encounter the Buddha because how often have you encountered in your mind, not Buddha a man or woman, Buddha-ness. The Buddha is the state of mind of this clarity, this experience of moment to moment. And when we fuse with our mandala, we experience it. When we fuse with it, and that takes a, a very dedicated, single-minded effort to instantiate. And when we do, we experience it. The hard part is walking away from our altar and keeping that daimoku going in our mind so we keep instantiating that buddhaness. It doesn't seem to last very long. The more we do it, the more it lasts. I've experienced it an entire day, but I've also been surprised at how easily a distraction can pervade that sense of consciousness of Buddhaness and immediately evaporate it. Maybe not entirely, or maybe entirely. Think stubbing your toe. Pshh. That brings you right back to samsara, <laughs> let me tell you. Can we spend 24-7, 365 in Buddha-ness? That's the goal. That's what Nichiren said. I spend every moment of the day in myoho He's our mentor. He says, do as I do. This is what we're trying to do accomplish yeah this is how we manifest buddhahood for ourselves no one else can do it for us it's internal it's in our individual minds when the sons of the world honored one heard that the buddha was entering nirvana each harbored grief and anguish, saying, 
Why must the Buddha's extinction be so swift? Where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> Clinging. The sainted Lord, the king of the Dharma, comforted the incalculable multitude. When I cross into extinction, have neither care nor fear. Care nor fear. For this bodhisattva, womb of excellence, over the reality marks without outflows, has already attained mastery with his mind. He shall next become a Buddha named Pure Body. He too shall save an incalculable multitude. The Buddha that night crossed to ext in, into extinction, like firewood utterly consumed by fire, distributing his sarida. They erected incalculable stupas, bhikshus and bhikshunis, in numbers like to the Ganges' sands, increased their exertions by several fold, thereby seeking the unexcelled path. This Dharma master, fine luster, reverently held the treasure house of the Buddha's Dharma throughout 80 minor kalpas, broadly proclaiming the scripture of the Dharma flower. These eight princes, enlightened and converted by fine luster, solidifying the unexcelled path, shall see numberless Buddhas, after making offerings to various Buddhas, they shall follow them in treading the great path, coursing as bodhisattvas in the world. Yeah. In succession, they shall be enabled to achieve Buddhahood by turns receiving prophecies, great insights. Yeah. The last of them, a god amongst gods, shall be called the Buddha Torchburner, guide of the seers, Savior or liberator of incalculable multitudes. This Dharma master, fine luster, at that time had a disciple whose mind constantly harbored indolence and sloth, who craved fame and advantage, whose desire for fame and advantage was insatiable, who often frequented the houses of great clans, forsaking what he had repeated and committed to memory relegating it to oblivion and deriving no profit from it. For this reason, he was called seeker of fame. He also, performing a multitude of good deeds, was able to see numberless Buddhas, to make offerings to the Buddhas, to follow them in treading the great path, to acquire fully the six paramitas, and now to see the lion son of the Shakyas. Hereafter, he shall become a Buddha whose name shall be Maitreya, broadly saving living beings whose numbers shall have no reckoning after the Buddha Shakyamuni shall have crossed into extinction, the, that slothful, indolent one shall be you. The Dharma master fine luster is now indeed myself. I saw, I saw how the Buddha torch burners former single ray was of the same sort. Thus, do I know that the present Buddha wishes to preach the scripture of the Dharma blossom? The present signs are all like the former portents. They are the Buddha's devices. The present Buddha emits a glow. 
which helps to set forth the doctrine of the reality marks. Men, the time has come now to know the answers to all questions. Join palms and single-mindedly wait, for the Buddha shall now precipitate a Dharma reign that shall satisfy the seekers of the path. As for those who seek the rank of the three vehicles, if they have doubts or regrets, for their sakes, the Buddha shall remove them, causing them to vanish without a trace. So that is the end of the introduction. And our next, whoop, what did I do with it? Our next chapter, Expedient Devices or Skillful Means. He'll start to get into how he's going to do this, how he's always done it. Moreover, explaining that he's been doing it all along, but that now as he's presenting this ultimate Dharma, this ultimate teaching of the Dharma, that is not to say that what he's been teaching so far is of absolutely no use. It had its place. It was custom-made for the capacity of the people he was talking to. But now it's time. I'm no longer talking about how you might work toward this ultimate dharma. I'm going to share with you the way I did it, the way anyone can do it, the ultimate self-enlightenment practice. I'm going to talk about my enlightenment. He hasn't done that yet. So in the Lotus Sutra, he's really talking about the universal truth, right? Where previously he was talking about getting to the universal truth via your understanding and your understanding and the way you think and the way you think and your limitations for conceiving an idea, identity, um, understanding, grasping the totality of what I'm saying, right? You're not ready. You don't quite, we need to evolve your thinking. That was for 42 years, right, or so. The last eight years of Shakyamuni's life, he said, okay, gloves off, here we go. This is what I've been talking about all along. This is what I described in the Avatamsaka, but it was like, went over everyone's head. And to be honest, it was a little bit too, I was a little bit too excited maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you read it, you'll know what I mean. Okay, so that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Um, like and subscribe. You guys always support this channel and it's a wondrous thing. It's a Bodhisattva act to grow our Sangha to get this resource in the hands of more people. That's what uh, this resource is all about. And when I say this resource, I don't just mean the videos. I mean the podcast, the website, the bookstore, the mandala store, so on. So thank you for any of the ways that you support. It's critical uh, to keep this resource going, certainly to keep me uh, able to do it, right? And uh, patrons, uh, yeah, that's financial support. That's the world we live in, right? And um, so i great, tremendously grateful for your support, as all of us are, right? So thank you again. Please uh, do a kindness. Take care of your health. 
And uh, I will see you in the next one. Okay? Bye for now.